Hey, all you Theosciples, I'm Michael. And I'm Brendan from Finding Christ in Cinema. You are listening to the Theonauts Podcast with your hosts, David and Jeremiah. Right here at gctnetwork.com, your Great Commission transmission. The Theonauts, episode 124. They're one where some say I'm of Apollos, others say I'm of Paul, and I say you're a heretic. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's Word. Hey, all you Theoconoclast out there. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the Theonauts. I missed my button. Oh, man. I've got the new thing. We even said it right. The Theonauts. <laughs> all right, whatever. Whatever. It's just a thing. It's a to, shaky, yeah. It's a thing not to get that right. Right. Like, it has to not work. Somehow. Yeah, because if it if it worked, then it wouldn't be a thing. Right, and then we'd just go on, and we wouldn't banter about it for 20 minutes. <laughs> right. Hey, David, how are you? Oh, good. I'm glad you're finally uh, back with me. I, you know what? Do you hear the uh, congestion in my face <laughs> right now? It's great. Yeah. It's a... <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure the we got a lot of all snot up there. The yeah, kids are sure grossed out. They enjoy that. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a real fun couple weeks for me. Well, see, so you were out of town. Yeah, we went to Kansas City. Kansas, everything's up to date in Kansas. And I, I kind of threw you under the bus too because I was I was like Jeremiah came back from his trip and got baked. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means, by the way. <laughs> I didn't get baked. I didn't get any ganja up in Kansas City. I got destroyed. My whole uh, my life was done. Man, we uh, Blakely had like a hundred and two temperature and was like all sick out, and then I was sick on top of that, and so we were sick together. I missed two Sundays. I've missed two Sundays from the wow. way. I know it's been horrible. I've missed two weeks of Theonauts. Yeah. It's, I came up here today and I was like, wow, I haven't been up here in a while. <laughs> Half a month. That's crazy. And so anyways, I missed you. Did you miss me? Oh, horribly. Yeah, but you replaced me with screw, screw tape. tape. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was really good, by the way. I don't think I could do an intro quite like screw tape. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, that one sounded more like Gumby or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That was less evil and more like yeah. dorky. Well, I mean, <laughs> you're trying to. You yeah. need to. You need to add the sound effect. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a post. That's a post uh, production thing. So right. I, I, I don't. You can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, I've missed you. But anyways, yeah, well, I, well you, I'm glad we're uh, back on board. What have you been doing with yourself? Oh man, just trying to keep my head above water. I mean, treading yep, water. Yep, that's great. That's it. But everything's been going well. Yeah. Yeah. Smoothly. We've been doing a series at church Mm -hmm. on uh, marriage and agape love and what that means. Yeah. And I heard it got finished up quite well. I was only there for two of the four. (laughs) 
<laughs> I missed yours, yeah. and I haven't listened to it. It's on the way, followtheway.org. You can yeah. check out our sermons. Yeah, they're all up there on our YouTube channel yeah. and and all of that. So, uh, yeah, I had fun. T- my Mine was on uh, midlife crisis. Right. So that was pretty appropriate. Yeah, for you especially. Yeah. This this guy who drives around in a, uh, I don't know, was a Maserati? <laughs> it's a Pontiac. It's a Solstice. It's a Pontiac, Don. <laughs> it's a Pontiac. It's a Pontiac. It's in the trunk. Let's see if you pigs can outrun a Pontiac. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't catch that reference, watch Don Verdine. Go check out Don Verdine on Netflix. <laughs> One of the best movies ever, in my <laughs> well, opinion. I was say, that's, that's hyperbole. I love that movie <laughs> so much. It is so good. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm on... Biblical archaeology. I'm on my sixth convertible. So yeah, I've been going through uh, midlife, midlife crisis. crisis for a long time. Since your 20s or yeah. something, huh? <laughs> Not everybody can just buy a Pontiac. Yeah, so anyway, it was, it was appropriate. <laughs> I had fun with the uh, with that topic. topic yeah. mm-hmm. You showed some video clips. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, picked up a little bit of Incredibles. All these midlife crisis movies. There's a lot of them, actually. The Incredibles, uh, City Slickers. Yeah, that's a great movie. And I, I did a little bit from uh, Crazy Stupid Love because that's got some midlife crisis stu- stuff in it, too. I never watched that. <clears throat> you don't need to bother with it. It's not. Okay. It just had some things that I, I, I could use. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> in it. So, so All right. So you want to dive into this crazy topic? Yeah, I'm very interested to see where you go. So right, here we go. go. So I hear you're gonna ruin my uh, my theme of calling people Pelagian heretics well, today. Not necessarily, because I'm sure that has a very precise definition. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I looked up. I've been looking up heresies all day, by the way. And there's a like just wiki it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, there's a list of. Them. There's a huge list of. <laughs> Early church on. I probably heresy. fall into one or two of those categories. I don't yeah. Know. So there's Arianism, Adoptionism, Apollinarianism, uh, Dicetism. I don't know. That's the belief that Jesus' physical body was an illusion. And uh, as was his Oh, cur- that's kind of a Gnostic. Yeah. It's, this is all, almost all of these are Gnostics. There's Luf- Luciferians. Mm. These are strong anti Arian <laughs> sect. Luciferians. Luciferians. I thought that was like Satanism or something. Yeah, that's what, okay. Founded by Lucifer Caliardius. Oh, okay. The, okay, if you're going to found a Christian movement, having the name Lucifer is really Not bad. A, it's, it's even worse to actually name the, the movement after yourself. Right. Gonna, <laughs> Luciferians, I promise you we are a Christian sect. I, <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, yeah, man. so the topic of the day is... Heresy! Heresy! Now, this is something we've talked about on the show before. Yeah. But I wanted to to just focus on it because this is like a big thing in Christian groups. And I think there's also a tie into even last week's episode and, and a lot of our ongoing topic of Christian unity <clears throat> because... Everyone wants to point at the other denomination or whatever and say, well, those are just a bunch of heretics over there. Right. And so uh, because it's one of those words that's easily thrown around. 
Sure. Well, I mean, we throw it around all over the place. Well, that's heretical. Yeah, I've even got a stamp that uh, Meredith and Paige gave me. Yes. That <laughs> it's it's that I can stamp on my books in my library at home that says, you know, total heresy. Right. <laughs> so it actually, you know, we, we were talking later, it really probably should say contains heresy because contains then I could heresy. use it more. Because it's, right. not every book is total heresy. There are a lot of books that just contain a little... God Delusion got stamped big time. Oh, yeah. I was reading that the other day. Is that you or that me? That's you, man. No, I'm turning that off. <laughs> you got... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Jesse can make that sound, like, identical to how the app sounds. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So That's a great... Okay, anyways. Cacao Talk. Back to... Yeah, Cacao Talk. Put it. Put a... <laughs> Not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, not at all. All right, so going back to uh, the God delusion or heresy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The God delusion. <laughs> we it? should do a full episode on the God delusion. We should. I mean, it's a. There's a lot we could tackle in that book. Put it down. It's one of those things where refuting the God delusion. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, back to to heresy. So I'm going to start with the how we normally use it, right, and how. Uh, when everyone says that's a heresy, what they're meaning, what what they mean, uh, I'm just going to pull up Merriam-Webster. Okay, I mean that's got to be the truth, right? Absolutely. So Merriam-Webster, Merriam-Webster, use them daily. Says uh, the definition of heresy: adherence to a religious opinion contrary to the church dogma. Number two, uh, denial of a revealed truth by a baptized member of the Roman Catholic Church. Wow. <laughs> See, Say that again. The denial of a revealed truth by a baptized member of the Roman Catholic Church. Whoa. So I wonder if there You were, are a heretic by this definition. Yes, I am. I wonder if Merriam-Webster was a Catholic. <laughs> Merriam or Webster? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. So, uh, okay, uh, see, an opinion or a doctrine contrary to church dogma. That sounds like the first one. I don't know. Um, dissent or deviation from a dominant theory, opinion, or practice to disagree with the party leadership, um, which we're getting some more meat here now. Yeah. An opinion, doctrine, or practice contrary to the truth or to generally accepted beliefs or standards. So, um, that's basically... I, I was going to pull up the actual the Catholic Encyclopedia <clears throat> and pull up their definition of heresy, because honestly, I think that the way we use it now was pretty much solidified by the Roman Catholic Church. Church, right. Um, but so anyway, in a nutshell, from what we we're reading here, False doctrine. Yeah. That's synonymous, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I've always thought. Yeah. So a teaching that is in error. Right. Maybe. Uh, you know, uh, okay, so BibleStudyTools.com, which is one of the biggest online Bible sources you can get. Mm -hmm. Heresy, noun, from the Greek word signifying, number one, a choice, number two, the opinion chosen, number three, the sect holding the opinion. In the Acts of the Apostles, it denotes a sect without reference to its character. However, in the New Testament, it has a different meaning attached to it. Paul ranks heresies with crimes and seditions. 
This word also denotes uh, divisions or schisms in the church. In Titus 3.10, a heretical person is one who follows his own self-willed questions <coughs> and who's to be avoided. Heresies thus came to signify self-chosen doctrines not uh, emanating from God. Okay, so now we're getting closer to the actual biblical definition uh, definition of, of heresy. And, you know, there's some similarities, but there's also some great differences right. in what well, yeah. we're reading. So <clears throat> whenever somebody hears the word heretic or heresy today, they think false prophet. Mm-hmm. They think uh, teaching something that is contradictory to Scripture 100%. Uh, they think somebody who is a wolf in sheep's clothing, mm-hmm. or they think of some somebody uh, who is uh, teaching something different than they believe. Right. Okay. So you know, which for, it, which makes it really broad. Right. Because there's a there is how thin do you slice that pie? You know, I mean, if it's something that is contrary to a belief that you hold. So therefore, like uh, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not talking about just like the difference between, say, uh, universalism and you know the atonement. Right. I mean, we're talking something like uh, as simple as is it Calvinism versus Arminianism? Right. Or is it uh, even more finite than that? Is it uh, is it okay for a Christian to kill in self defense? Or is it proper for Christians to vote or serve in the military? <laughs> or I mean, these are, these are things that we just commonly disagree about all over the place, even within our groups. Right. But I guess the point that I'm making is, where is the biblical line? line and where does it say, where can you stop using the word? Right. You know, if someone's... So, it, and I've heard people say, well, it's only a heresy if it's being taught. So you can believe this and you can have this opinion and blah, blah, blah. But if you get into the pulpit, well, then it becomes heresy. And see, I don't know if I necessarily. That wouldn't go work there, at all. Yeah, because it's still a belief. It, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Well, but that's how people try to justify the fact that we have small disagreements that are okay and big disagreements that are nece- not necessarily okay. Right. And um, so, but I'm I'm going to well. First off, let's look at some examples. Okay. In history, so you you pulled up several of these, right? <laughs> yes. So uh, uh, examples uh, throughout history on okay uh, someone who's uh, okay. For, for example, the Pelagian. Yes, Pelagian heretic. Okay. So you got um, <clears throat> Pelagius was a guy um, who believed. Uh, that original sin did not mess up human nature. Um, in other words, original were, sin being defined as there's no such thing as re- original sin. So, in other words, we're not born into sin. Okay. Pelagian believed that we don't have a fallen nature. We don't have a fallen nature. We were born. Uh, Pelagius was a guy who lived roughly right around the exact same time as uh, um, Augustine. Right around that time, okay. So you have Pelagius, who was who was teaching everybody that no human beings are essentially good natured, mm-hmm. 
and that it is... Uh, so there's nothing to be redeemed from. There's, well, exactly. And so right. Augustine argues, no, um, humans are sinners from birth. That's what Paul was talking about uh, whenever he, 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 he spends his time arguing his theology in Romans. Yeah. Um, Pelagius believes that we are fallen whenever we choose to reject God. The minute we choose to reject God and choose to sin... That's what makes us fallen. Right. That's what makes us uh, in need of a savior. Uh, but we're not born with that innate nature that causes us to do that. Right. And you know what's funny about this is even within groups, they don't know who Pelagian is necessarily. Right. But I've heard people argue those those same things all within one denomination. Right. So it, 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 so it's and I say argue those things. We get into all kinds of deep water when we start talking about okay, there's you know this whole idea of uh, age of accountability, <laughs> and or does that even exist, or are we we born with sin from the beginning, and uh, and so you got all those. Okay, that's the same argument if you right. really want to get down to the nitty gritty of it, right? Right. But we're not sitting around in our denomination pointing at the other guy going, heretic, you see, it was defined by Augustine. That, that's heresy. And <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, um, so it's kind of weird how time treats these things. Oh, exactly. You know? So uh, this, was, this was one of the first earliest heresies. Okay, and air, it, it air de- quotes. right. It it divided the church. Uh, the count the Council of Diaspolis was the first to condemn it in four eighteen. So that tells you how early this is. Yeah. you know four hundred eighty. And then the Council of Ephesus reaffirmed that condemnation of Pelagian, right? And they they basically labeled him a heretic, and. Uh, well, Augustine was seriously behind that. Labeled him a heretic, and he became, um, he you know he became an outcast, or an outcast, and he's probably the most famous, right? Yeah, you have an Arius, yeah, Arius. You have Origen, mm-hmm. right? Uh, how about iconoclasm? This is a good one. Uh, the belief that hence icons. My, uh... Huh? Hence, hence my theoconoclast. Iconoclast, yep. <laughs> Iconoclasm, the belief that icons are idols and should be destroyed. Mm. From late uh, in the 7th century onwards, some part of the Greek church reacted against the veneration of icons, right? Yeah. So uh, so that's a heresy. Yes, that's <laughs> See, a heresy. All, Iconoclasm all depends, is a heresy. All depends on where you stand. According to the Roman Catholic Church. Correct, because they're big on icons. Uh, the con- it was condem- condemned by the Council of Nicaea. Your condemnation is condemned. <coughs> that's right. <laughs> Marconianism, early church... Uh, early Christian dualist belief system. Marconian affirmed Jesus Christ as a savior sent by God and Paul as his chief apostle, but he rejected the Hebrew Bible and the Hebrew God. Marconius believed that the wrathful Hebrew God was a separate and lower entity than the all forgiving God of the New Testament. This belief was in some some way similar to the Gnostic Christian theology. This was the first major heresy, by mm-hmm. the way, um, but in other ways different. Uh, it originates in the teaching, teachings of Marconian um, in Rome around the year 144 mm-hmm. A.D. So yeah. as well, early I mean, as 144, yeah, we had... Even Gnosticism was happening 
early on. I mean, we have right references to early Gnosticism in the New Testament. Exactly. So, I mean, this this whole idea of heresy is is not new. No, not at all. And the the current definition is not new. Right. And that's it's what ancient. That's one of the things that I wanted to basically stand on is there's no way we can change the definition of the word heresy no. because this has history behind it. Right. And basically, here is what a dictionary does. A dictionary simply tells you how people are using a word. That's really what it is. I mean, that's why people argue, you know, that words like ain't shouldn't be in the dictionary or whatever. But the simple fact that people are using it for this makes it deserving of of, of being listed as a definition in a dictionary. So a, a, diction, a dictionary does not define your language. A dictionary reflects your language. Right. So, uh, so Merriam-Webster is correct in its definition of heresy because this sure. is how it's used, and this is how it's been used for a couple of thousand years almost. I mean, we're going all the way back to very early on in how the church recognized and it, I mean, term. you can keep going here. You can go Protestantism was recognized as a heresy by the church, condemned uh, in, in 1545 yeah. by the Council of Trent. So, again, you're a heretic. All right, I'm a, I'm so, a heretic there. <laughs> okay, so here's, but here's what I want to do. Because to me, where it gets dangerous is when we take this modern definition of the word and we confuse it with the scriptural use of that word. Okay. So, like, for example, if you're dealing with a problem in a congregation or if you're dealing with a, another congregation that you're disputing with or whatever and you're trying to figure out, how do I handle this situation? Um, we can look at history. Right. We can hold councils. We can do whatever, you know, and be... Well, this was historically Make a pl- accurate. public uh, declaration. Yeah. Or <laughs> we can use the scriptures only. Okay, so if we go to the scriptures and we start looking at the scriptures... And we go, okay, well, I'm going to pull out my concordance. I'm going to look up this word heresy and heretic. I'm going to find out what it tells us to do on this. Okay, well, the problem with that is the original word heresy is not even, it's a transliterated word. Okay. Okay, heresis is the Greek original. Right. It's an original word. And in in the Greek language of the time of the New Testament, it did not mean exactly what I just read from Merriam-Webster because the basis of our current definition of it is inerrancy okay. or errancy. Errancy, yeah. Being wrong right. about something and with the Word of God or promoting something that is wrong. And that is not necessarily the original use of the word heresies. So I've got... Uh, not just Strong's, but you know, I pulled up several um, Greek lexicons to look at what the, how the Greeks were defining this word back then. Um, so the let's see, I think this is Strong's definition says uh, the word heresy simply means properly a choice, or speci- especially a party, or abstractly disunion. So, a choice, a party, or disunion. Right. Okay. So, how do those things work together? So, in other words, you decide something, you have an opinion about something, 
That's a, you make a choice on that opinion, right? You form a party. You form a party around that opinion, and then you disunion and you disunionize from, on, over it, right? So, in other words, uh, I disagree with you, so therefore you're not part of my group anymore. Okay, so my group is a heresy. Your group is a heresy. Right. There are two different heresies. So you, yeah, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. Right. These back, are two different heresies. And back in their day, Sadducees, Pharisees, Essenes, the Way. These were all heresies in their Judaism. use in in the use of the original Greek word. So um, if we look at Thayer's. Uh, Thayer's says it is an act of taking or capturing a ci- uh, or storming a city. It's kind of strange. Choosing or making a choice that which is chosen, a body of men following their own tenets, a sect or a party, such as the Sadducees, Pharisees, or Christians. Uh, dissensions arising from a diversity of these opinions or aims. Uh, if, if we go to Vine's Expository Dictionary of the Greek word, it goes back to the same thing, choosing a choice, that which is chosen. Uh, so it's, you know, we're repeating ourselves. It's basically the same thing. It's, it's all about choosing and dividing over the choice. Making, a, yeah, making choices on, on ideas. And, and the, by, by definition, the word is amoral. So it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Right. It is. It's amoral. It's just. It's just a definitive term, and so. Like, but in scripture, in scripture as well, the uh, for example, I'm going to uh, pull up a scripture where heresy is used in a good way. Are you reading the Ways Bible? I am. I'm. Re- I'm reading the Way New Living Translation. <laughs> nice. The Nilt. The Nilt. Yeah. Okay. So if if we go to Acts 24. Here we have uh, this situation where Paul is um, on trial. Okay. Okay, and he finally gets an audience. I believe he's in front of Felix. Felix. Uh, at this point. Uh, let's see. And I, it would be nice if I had written down the exact verse. Okay, so in his deliverance to the governor, he says at one point, he says, but I admit that I follow the way which they call a cult. Okay, now that word cult is translated from heresies. Heresies. Same word that's translated heresy or or gone untranslated in other places. But here, because these translators are, don't want it to be confusing to you, right? right? (laughs) They're not using the word heresy here. Now the King James actually says heresy here in this verse. It says, to the way which they call a heresy. I worship the God of our ancestors, and I firmly believe the Jewish law and everything written in the prophets. Um, there are several other places in the same uh, uh, discourse where he uses the term again. Uh, it says Festus or uh, Felix was, a cu- uh, he, uh, he knew about this cult. He knew about this heresy right. that was among the Christians and so, right. or among the Jews. And so this word is amoral. It's used both in a good way and a bad way. Right. And originally Christianity was a heresy in the Jewish sect. Mm-hmm. It was It was just a... And people viewed it as another offshoot of just like the Pharisees, just like the Sadducees. Oh, here's another... Yeah. 
sect. And before you know, before Gentiles became involved with it, they the even the people that belonged to the way the Christianity would Said, yeah they would not have thought you know any different. No, well they worshipped the synagogue, right? So, so. Uh, so the the thing that uh, that I, I find interesting here, though, is that um, whenever, if you think of it, about it in these terms, then you have verses that use the word heretic, right? Okay, and usually, when I, well, every time a, the word heretic is used, it's used in a negative, negative way. Negative connotation, yeah. So. Um, I mean, because if we wanted to be real technical about it, Jesus was a heretic because he created a sect of people okay. that was not part of the other sects. Right. So this was, a, it was a, a, a party. So, um, <clears throat> but if we look in how the New Testament renders the word, there are several ways, places where it tells us flat out how to deal with heretics. And one of the most popular ones is Titus Chapter three. Oh yeah. So I'm going to jump over there right quick. And that's what I just read a minute ago. Was it? Oh yeah. So Titus three says, um, "Do not get involved in foolish discussions about spiritual pedigrees or in quarrels and fights about obedience to Jewish laws. These things are useless and a waste of time. If people are causing divisions among you, give a first and second warning." And after that, have nothing more to do with them. For people like that have turned away from the truth and their own sins condemn them. Okay. King James translation says heretic. <laughs> okay. Right. Instead of those who, if people are causing divisions among you, the King James says, if a, if a man be called a, a heretic. Right. Uh, which this is what again? Titus. Titus 3. 3, 10. Verse 9 and 10. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and so, and I think that's not the only version that uses the word heretic. So, uh, the word is, that's what it is underneath the hood, uh, in the original Greek. And so, um, the, the, the thing is, it gives us a very clear definition in this text. A heretic is one who divides. Right. They're the, they're the person, they're the disunionizer. They're the, they're the ones causing the stir. Causing a division off of what Christ taught, right? And so the and this is a, a, a debate that I've been in like many times because you get into this argument about well you're the heretic, no you're the heretic, no you're the heretic, and it's like because from your pers- perspective the other person's wrong, right? And so you get into this this finger pointing thing, yeah. and it's like okay, chicken or the egg? How do we determine? Which one? And of course, you know, our listeners are obviously probably thinking, well, the one who's right, the one who's <laughs> got the truth. But if, if it's one of these things where, okay, the truth may be a little harder to discern and you have an opinion about it. So how do you determine who's the heretic and who's not? In my opinion, and based on the, the way scriptures use the word heretic, the heretic is the guy who says, well, if that's what you believe, then I can have nothing more to do with you. I disfellowship. Yes. I excommunicate you for that. Right. So that is, by definition, is the heretic in the argument. He's the one who can't relate to or associate with the person who is 
um, has a different opinion. Right. So, and what's really ironic about this is that passage we just read tells us to separate from people who separate. separate. <laughs> that's right. So that's what it's basically saying. It's saying if if a guy is is gathering causing separation. forces and it, it comes right out and tells us why people do this. And it's not because they misunderstand scriptures. It's not because they um it's not because they want to lie about the scriptures necessarily. It is because it says people like that have turned away from the truth and their own sins condemn them. Um, let's see. Okay, <clears throat> that's not exactly the verse I was thinking of. But anyway, the, the, the point is that they want a following. Right. They, they are after... They, there's a reason why... It's selfishness. Right. And what they want is they, they're after their own personal self-gain. Yeah. And we can get a little more, um, um, I guess, definition on that. By looking at Romans 16, is another verse that's often used. Okay. Okay, Romans 16, verse 17 says, Now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Such people... Okay, so here we go. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interests by smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord, and that makes me very happy. So the point that he's making is, and the dictate to us on how to separate from people, if it's the person who's wanting their, their own following, if it's a person who is being divisive because of their own personal interests, the guy who simply is trying to serve God with all his heart and all his mind and all his strength, and he just simply disagrees with you, is not a heretic. Right. He is honestly trying to serve God. His opinion just differs from yours. And he's trying to search out the truth. Yes, he's looking for the truth, just like you are. Right. I mean, hopefully none of us, hopefully doesn't think we already have all truth. Right, think that we've arrived at 100%. Yeah, so if you're all striving for truth, you can disagree on things. Right. And But where it becomes a place where this comes into play is when you've got that one person who's like, no, 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 no. My way is the, is the way, and everyone needs to follow my way. Mm-hmm. And because at that point, they're not following Jesus. Jesus right. said he's the way. Right. But no, some guy wants you to follow him. <laughs> that's that's the definition of heresy of of a heretic. So someone who is, I, I say that that's the definition. That's the biblical usage of the word, um, and it's it's all over the place. Uh, Matthew seven. You talked about when we were asking, what do people think of whenever they think heresy? One of the things you said was wolves and sheep's clothing, false right. prophets. That comes from Matthew seven. Right? So Jesus says, Beware of false prophets, for they will come among you as wolves, ravenous wolves in yeah. sheep's clothing. You will know them by their fruit. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. So, and this comes right out and says, A good tree, I mean, a, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot, cannot produce good fruit. good fruit. Man, if we just, 
just because you disagree with someone's theology, look at their fruits. Look at what they're doing. Are they right. serving God to the best of their capacity? But they think differently than you. And that's not a heretic by the biblical usage of the... Of, uh, that's not a false prophet. Right. And that and a, a false prophet is one who comes in with pretense. What is a, a wolf in sheep's clothing? That's, that's not right. accidental. Yeah. That's right. It's yeah. They have a they have a goal in mind, and their goal is to drag the innocent away. Yes, right. They want to destroy. That's exactly. their job. That's what they want to do, is to tear things up. They they don't have God's uh, glory in mind. They're right. not they're not trying to serve Him. But yet, and this is is I guess the the catch twenty two or the hard thing to deal with here when we talk about heresy in our modern day is we want to just throw the term around and then we want to go to the verses that we think are referring to it and it says here after second admonition you you know diss them yeah. but, but you know you're 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 turning out people who have honest hearts right and who are honestly trying to serve God but their opinions are different than yours mm-hmm. and that's where i think we've been vastly wrong and and we can say, well, history has given us the definition of of heresy, but let's go back to examples you were given. Were the were, was the Roman Catholic Church right when they labeled Protestantism a heresy? And is it a heresy still? Then, well, from their modern from their definition, it is not a heresy. But from the biblical <laughs> definition, it, it kind of, it's a right. from an amoral standpoint, it is a sect. It is a division. <laughs> That's right. But it, it wasn't created because people wanted a following. It was created because people were trying to reform. They were trying to get back to uh, the original. And usually it's the heretics. It's, the, it's ironic. It's the heretics that want to quell, to squash it, that want to actually. <laughs> right. It's the ones that say, you know what, if that's. I can't go with you if that's what you believe, and I'm going to kick you out. In fact, I'm going to burn you at the stake, or I'm going to. <laughs> wow. And so, they did that. Yeah. So, but there are um, there are many cases where heresy is mentioned in a very negative way. Oh yeah. And uh, because and that's part of our stick, right? I mean, that's what, kind of what we're we've been saying. Right. Is division is wrong. It's wrong. I mean, it's it's taught it's taught against over and over again. Yeah, in in the scriptures, and it is labeled. That's where heresy is labeled badly. Right, is whenever it's division among Christians. Yep, like you said, the Paul and Apollos thing. Right. Um, let's see. First Corinthians eleven is another place where uh, this word um, pops up. Heresy shows up. This Bible is really thin-leafed, <laughs> and I'm getting old. You are. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to admit that. No. Okay, so um, let's see. Okay, and I don't know if it'll read right in the NLT um, for getting down into the nitty-gritty of these words, this word heresy, but First uh, Corinthians 11, verse 17. Okay, now now here's what's going on in this in this passage. The Corinthians had all kinds of things wrong. 
In fact, we would probably label them heretics, right? In our modern, oh, sure. modern definition. Definitely heretics. Right. But he never he never refers to them as such. No. He tells them they have heresies among them. Yes. And he described them early on in the book. Right. Some say I'm of Paul, some say I'm of Apollos, some say I'm of Cephas. And he's like, you know, did Christ die? I mean, did Paul die Paul for, died you? for you? Did, yeah. He's like, is Christ divided? And uh, so anyway, he doesn't ever let up on this. I mean, he, he spent like the first three chapters hammering on just it. hammering about this. And then he gets off to, off that topic a little bit, but he wanders back into it here in chapter 11 when right. he's talking about how much they're screwing up their services and their, their worship time right. together. They're, they're not spending time together. They're not waiting on one another to eat the Lord's Supper. They're making the Lord's Supper a big party. They're getting drunk. They, I mean, just, they're doing all this horrible it's stuff. It's all over the place. Yeah. Okay, and he comes back to this division thing. He says there in verse 17, he says, But in the following instructions, I cannot praise you, for it sounds as if more harm than good is done when you meet together. First, I hear that there are divisions among you. Okay, now that's that word, right. heresies. Heresies. I hear that there are divisions among you when you meet as a church. And to some extent, I believe it. But of course, there must be divisions among you so that you can have God's approval and will be recognized. Okay, now, huh. here is what he's saying. It's, it's, it's kind of wordy and kind of hard. But he's not saying, I'm condemning you because you have divisions. But you got to have those divisions because... That's how God approves you. That's not what he's saying. Right. What he's saying is, he was like, I'm condemning you because you have these divisions. And by the way, I guess you have to have these divisions so that God knows which one of you is the <laughs> real Christian. Wow. That's what he's saying. He's being, he's, he's being sarcastic in that right. last statement. He's saying, you make these divisions so that you can know who's approved of God. So basically, yeah. So basically, all this is is him being sarcastic, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, he's saying otherwise. He's con- contradicting himself, right? Because what he's because the point is they can't know who's approved of God. Right. They can't know that. Right. So, so your division, your choice to break up into little groups, does not give you authority to say that other group is not approved it's of God. Wrong, right. But my group is. But it makes them feel like they have that authority, and, right? And is, isn't it such a good thing to feel like I'm the I'm the <laughs> one who's right, and you're the one who's wrong, right? Right. Oh man. So, but yeah, that uh, that 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 word heresy is, and, and I've actually heard this verse used for reasons why we should divide and yeah. fight this heresy that's in the church. Which is it's saying right the opposite. It's saying don't divide. Don't divide. You guys are are doing this because you think you're right and the other guy's <laughs> wrong, and you don't know for sure. So chill. Right. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. It's so uh, ridiculous. Oh, uh, but anyway, I've got uh, man, I've got passages here that uh, people have used to <laughs> withdraw from from one another and it all boils down to this whole heresy throwing the word heresy around way too much and using it by uh by other definitions like for example 1 Corinthians 5 is the is the chapter where we're dealing with the the guy okay these Corinthians man once again <laughs> 
He's dealing with a situation where they've got this guy in them in their midst, right? Who is fooling around with the stepmom, right? Right, and openly, like right. it's not a it's not a thing for them. They're like, right. and in fact, I kind of get the impression based on how he starts that chapter that they're actually bragging about it. Right. We got so much grace here. It's, you know, it's just unreal, man. We got this, <laughs> you know. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, yeah. It's cheap grace type of thing. Right. And uh, so, but he condemns them in, in this, in their acceptance of this guy. And they basically, it basically turns around there by the end of, of that uh, passage there around verse 13, where he is saying, if there's a brother in your midst who is a fornicator, covetous, idolater, a railer, a drunkard, extortioner, such a one, don't eat with them, hmm. right? Okay, now, this is not a call for division. Right. And this is where we get this totally messed up. This is a call for discipline on one guy. This is not a call to divide your church. Right. Or, or divide from another church. Or anything, because you're totally missing the... the, the uh, context sure of this passage <laughs> he's saying you've got a offender in your midst this will shame him into coming back and if we really had fellowship then this would hurt right the problem is most modern day churches we don't really have fellowship we think fellowship is an ice cream meal after supper i mean after the worship or a or a hallway where, you know, yeah. or, or a meeting place. <laughs> or a volleyball game in the exactly, backyard. Yeah. But fellowship is bigger than that. Koinonia is this, this knitly tied group of people working together toward one goal. And your separation from that group is the most painful thing you can imagine, right? Right. So, so in that situation, he's using that as discipline. Mm. He's saying if the guy's not going to listen to reason... There's no doubt that this is a sin. There's no no one's debating it. No one's saying, "Oh, I think it's a sin," and this guy's going, "Oh, I don't think it's a sin." So we can't use this for every case. We can't right. use it for those gray area cases where you know half the the congregation thinks that there's a sin going on, and the other half doesn't think doesn't. that's really a sin. Yeah. Um, I mean, like for example, I know I know groups that will say smoking is a sin. Right. Okay. Well. I mean, who's going to define that? And are you going to divide over this? Are you going to discipline somebody over it? Right. So you can't really just grab this for everything. He kind of even gives us a list of things which are are like obvious things, right? I mean, right. a guy who's a fornicator. Well, a fornicator would be someone who is sinning sexually in a very open way. You know he's doing it, right? right? Uh, but I mean, even like a covetous person, people are we throwing covetous people under the bus? I don't ever see that happening. No, never. An idolater? <laughs> now that's, you know, throw myself under the bus. <laughs> but uh railer or drunkard, I mean all these things are 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 kind of they're they're things that we know are sins. Right. Like there's no debate about these things. Right. And so I guess my point is this is not heresy. This is not a passage for dealing with heresy. It is right. it is a passage that is there for discipline among your congregation. Right. And this is something that's left up to the leadership of your congregation. This is not mob rule. 
Um, and it, you know, yeah, it's not something to divide over. Here's another popular one. Um, the, let's see, first Timothy. Um, actually, that's not the one I wanted to look at. I want to look at second Thessalonians. Okay. So second Thessalonians, one of the things that's going on in second Thessalonians is you got these people thinking they missed the second coming and they're freaking out and they're like, what are we going to do? We're, uh, we, we've missed the boat and Paul's got to tell them, oh, no, you didn't miss the boat. It's not, hadn't happened yet. And you've also got them saying, well, it's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen any time now. We're just waiting on it. And and other and so a lot of the people in their midst were going, well, you know what? If he's coming tomorrow, I ain't going to work. <laughs> right. And so they're just <laughs> so, chilling out and doing yeah, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so the, these people just quit and they just giving up on life, you know, right. because Jesus is coming tomorrow. And so he was like saying, no, 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 you need to pull your own until he gets the, until he gets here. And so he kind of, he's advising them on how to deal with these dissidents in their midst. So he says, if anyone's walking disorderly among you by doing this, don't eat with them. Don't let them in your house. Hmm. Okay, well, that's there is, once again, he's not telling you to withdraw from a guy because of his belief system. He's not telling you to, to divide from another church because they're quote unquote walking disorderly, hmm. he is defining. He defines what that means. He's talking to about a guy in your congregation who is not pulling his share, and he's being a problem maker, right? And he's a burden on everybody else in the congregation because he's coming by and saying, "Hey, I didn't buy groceries this week because Jesus is coming back. You got any food?" Right. <laughs> And so what's the, what's the apostle's obvious admonition here? Don't let that guy in. Exactly. <laughs> that guy, he it's not it's not some formal withdrawal. Right. It's it's logical common sense. That guy's mooching off you. Don't let him in. Right. Make him go work for his own food. Hmm. So but anyway, there's passage after passage after passage sure. that have been used out of context like this. Because of the way we're looking at this word heresy. heretic and heresy and how we've defined it. And, and you know, and like one of the things I wanted to make sure and throw out is like the word false, false teacher, false prophet. What do we, what, what do we normally attribute that to? Like if I was going to say define the word false in that, in that situation. Fake. Uh, that's what I think. Yeah. And that's probably more accurate. But I think a lot of people would say, like, error, erring, like, yeah, like, yeah, not right, right, and uh, like a a a false doctrine would be a a doctrine that is not true, or okay, whatever, or a false teacher would be someone who is teaching something that's just simply not true, right, but. If we'll look in the context of how those those words are being used, the word false means not honest. Right. It's a counterfeit. Yes. He's fake. Like you said. Fake money. You know? He's a liar. He's selling you a bill of goods. Yeah. It's not that he's just mistaken. He's willingly mistaken. Okay. A perfect way. And you're like, you know, well, you're just mincing words apart and you're making the Bible mean what you want it to mean. But that's not true. Look at the examples we have. Apollos, 
It says Apollos was, they found him in Acts, what, 17, 18. He was teaching error. They found him teaching error. Right. He was teaching the baptism of John and nothing else. He he didn't get to Jesus. He didn't know Jesus, yeah. And did they, like, divide from him and go, no, you heretic? No, they pulled him aside. They studied with him. They expounded on things. They taught. He responded. And they won a brother. The issue was 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 that's fixed. right. They didn't like say, "Hey, no, you're wrong," and then divide from him. Right. And so it, he wasn't a false teacher. He was just an errant teacher. Right. And you know, I love the way Leroy Garrett put it one time. He was like, "You know, I've been called a heretic because I will fellowship brothers who are in error. But what choice do I have? Those are the only brothers I've got." Amen. Because we're all in error in some form or fashion. We we don't have all the answers. Right. And so we've got to, <laughs> to try and not have the answers together That's the truth. so that we can get to to the answers. But Amen. anyway, so did you have anything? I just kind of got on a roll. No, but that's great, man. I think you, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. We got to understand what these words mean before we just flippantly use them. And and just because a thousand years or two thousand years of use of it doesn't necessarily make it right. Right. I mean, there was a thousand years where they called it the Dark Ages for a reason. Right. And it doesn't mean that it was right. You know, because indulgences were happening for a thousand years. <laughs> Doesn't mean no, that they're right. Doesn't mean that it was it was the right thing to do. So anyway, you got some news for us? Sure. And now the news. All right, this one uh, comes from Fort Collins, Colorado, and actually uh, was sent by your uh, wife Melanie to us. Yes, uh, she gave us this very interesting story out of Fort Collins, Colorado. A federal judge has ordered the city of Fort Collins to stop enforcing a policy that bans women from showing their breast in public. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> it started with one woman asking if men can go topless. Why can't women? It's sexist because it specifically discriminates against female breasts. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, lady, her name was Brittany Hulgand. Um, Samantha Six and a group of others called Free the Nipple. <laughs> Fort Collins made headlines across the country when protests on the corner of College Avenue and Mulberry Street with nothing but opaque dressings covering their nipples. Wow. The Fort Collins County Council asked the public input, but ended up voting to keep the topless ban for women in place. The council, council added two exceptions, breastfeeding mothers and girls younger than 10 years old. After the decision, Holden Six and Free the Nipple filed a civil lawsuit against the city claiming the policy violates Equal Protection Clause of the U.S. Constitution. On Wednesday, federal Judge R. Brooke Jackson ordered the injunction preventing police and the city from enforcing the ban. Wow. Unbelievable. Colorado, man. It is. It's Colorado. It's it's so (laughs) weird there. But, you know. I like Colorado, though. Yeah, it's beautiful. But it's, you know, it's like California. <laughs> Anyways, so, you know, signs of the times. Yeah. I, I just think if I had a kid there, a little boy, mm-hmm. would I want that stuff going around? Yeah, no. 
That's what's wrong. Yeah, and well, I mean, part of part of this is like the just the, the simple fact that guys and girls don't think the same way. Right. And so it's like it's really hard for women to Understand. completely empathize with how a guy responds to that. Right. And he, yeah, she might find a, a, a you know, a guy's torso attractive, but not in the same way. Right. That a guy would find a woman's torso attractive. Exactly. So, so it's just it's it's different, and uh, it's, uh, it's I'd, hard. To I'd explain. like to see the rape correlation, mm. or the sexual assault correlation. I mean, any kind of sexual assault correlation with the passing of this. Yeah, who knows? It might rise pretty significantly. You know, but people don't think about that. Yeah, guys are stupid, right? Uh. Female pastors are on the rise in in our world right now. Okay, uh, not the, a fan. Yeah, me neither. Barna Group noted the slow and steady rise of female pastors. One out of every 11 Protestant pastors is a woman, triple as many as 25 years ago. Um, so that's crazy. I, you know, it's kind of shocking to me, especially coming from a denomination that that uh, actually divided over this in Texas. Right. Has two, uh, two big, you know. Divisions or divisions, whatever. Divisions, yeah. So, uh, you know. So it's a heresy. Yeah, it's a heresy. <laughs> it's a big heresy. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Did you hear about family Christian stores closing their doors this week? Only through Babylon B. <laughs> Oh yeah, was that on Babylon? Yeah, B? did you not see the article? I guess I didn't. It said the Christian uh, family Christian stores had to close their doors because uh, they ran out of uh, round trip heaven stories that little kids were telling. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> well, family Christian store did close its chain. Uh, just announced the family Christian, a retail chain of more than two hundred and forty. Christian Books and Gift Stores is closing down. The stores employed more than 3,000 people. Even though it's been around for more than eight decades, the chain has struggled in recent years. Just over two years ago, the chain filed for bankruptcy and attempted to come back. They claim to be the largest non-profit Christian retailer selling books, Bibles, movies, gifts, church supplies, and more. A uh, family Christian president told Christianity Today, we had, uh, we've had... Two very difficult years post-bankruptcy, despite improvements in product product assortment and store experience, sales continue to decline. In addition, we were not able to get the pricing and terms we needed for our vendors to successfully complete, compete in the market. We have prayerfully looked into all possible options, trusting God's plan for our organization, and a difficult decision to liquidate is our only resource. Yeah. Recourse. Well, that's one of those things that... The, well, for one, I don't really know. I, I have a hard time believing they are the biggest retailer of Christian books. No, Lifeway blows them out of the water. Or Mardell's. How does Mardell. how does Mardell even? I mean, one store is equivalent to four or five family Christian family stores. Christian store. That's true. And I mean, so I don't I don't really know how they got those numbers, but uh, I think part of that you can chalk up to the fact that it's the digital media age. It is. And people are moving away from books and CDs. Right. I mean, even like Hastings. Look, Hastings is going out all over the place. Yeah. I Which I hate that, too. Mm-hmm. I miss my Hastings. Well, I do, too. But <sighs> kills me. that's what's kind of killing them. Yeah. Video kill the radio star. 
prophetic words of the Buggles. That's right. <laughs> a bunch of Earth-like planets were just found. Did you hear about I that? I did hear that. Yeah, scientists just announced that they found several more Earth-like planets that could possibly sustain human life. Just 20 years ago, scientists thought only the sun had planets orbiting it. Since then, scientists have learned that there are around 5,000 planets that are about the size of of Earth, and that every star in the galaxy has planets orbiting around it. They're all like in the same system too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of that's cool. They're right there together. According to the new stu- study published by Nature, after six years, scientists have found at least seven Earth-like planets, meaning smallish, rocky, and orbiting their star at the optimal distance for a water to exist just 39 year- light years away, which is very close. Uh, you know what cracked me up? I saw a meme on uh, Facebook the other day. It's like uh, it showed President uh, Trump elected NASA comes out saying there are six other <laughs> planets <laughs> <laughs> that are like Earth. It's so funny. That's uh, great. So uh, and and then I got some Pope news if you want. Oh, yeah, I still got the button. So the Pope's been making headlines with some of his uh, some of his preaching lately. Uh, Pope Francis is extremely opposed to people checking Instagram and texting while sitting down for a meal with their family and friends. This week, while speaking to young people at a college, he used a dramatic analogy to warn about the death of face to face conversation. He said, "When we're at the table, when we are speaking to others on our telephones, it is a, uh, it's the start of war." Because there is no dialogue. He also encouraged people to be nicer to strangers, even in a culture where online interactions can quickly become hostile, saying, We need to lower the tone a bit, speak less and listen more. Dialogue, which brings hearts closer together, is a medicine against violence. Wow. Pretty wise words. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. The Pope. All right. uh, And then the Pope says, It's better not to even believe in God than to be a hypocritical Christian. Well, this I'm... is what he says. So many Christians are like this, and these people scandalize others. How many times have we heard, all of us, around our neighborhood and elsewhere, but to be Catholic like that is better to better than to be an atheist. It is said that. Scandal. In other <laughs> words, he doesn't believe that you should be a bad Christian. Right. If you're going to be a bad Christian, it's better not to be a bad, you know, better not to be a Christian. I totally... Hundred percent agree with him. Yeah. Well, it depends on your definition of bad Christian. Well, okay. We're all kind of bad Christians. What I mean by that is a hypocritical Christian. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. A Christian who's a bad picture of Christ to the world. There you go. It's a bad okay. Christian. <laughs> and it's better for you to be an atheist. <laughs> I agree. So, anyways, man, that's all I got. It was kind of a uh, slim pickings oh, this cool. week. Well, uh, I'm gonna pull this. I thought I had my, I don't have my voicemail thing on this here, on my new, I'm just not together yet. It was a great smooth, it, it sounded all right. Yeah, you're using non-Apple products, first off, that's your first problem. It is, really. Yeah. But, uh, hey, my iPad's about to die, and I didn't want to uh, buy another, in one. another one. Okay, so, so, and the, the, the little Android here was cheap. Yeah, of course. Okay, so, I have... Email. Email. Okay, it says, hey, guys. Hey. This is from Mackenzie. Hi, Mackenzie. 
She says, Hi, McKenzie. I haven't heard from McKenzie in forever. <laughs> How are you doing? My second favorite ba- Baylor bear, bear. Okay, maybe my first. Because I haven't heard from Riley in a long time. Yeah. So, uh, my, well, I guess the two shall become one. So, my favorite Baylor bear, someday you'll get yeah. married. Okay, anyway. So, if ahead. y'all haven't guessed by now, we know who McKenzie is. Yes. So, this is, this is Riley's chick. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, McKenzie says... I am slowly working my way through the episodes in my free time and came across your discussions surrounding the lack of young pastors. I found myself agreeing with most of the reasons you suggested, but one more possible reason occurred to me as y'all spoke. You mentioned that you're surprised by that figure due to the number of young pastors at megachurches and in popular church culture, but maybe... The megachurches in and of themselves are the reason why we have so few younger pastors. Mm. First off, they're attracting a lot of younger population, for better or for worse, is a conversation for another time or a future episode, maybe. Second, although there have been some exceptions, their time and resources are spent on swelling themselves up even opting to stream in the pastor to another campus rather than using those resources to equip the young men in their congregation for pastoring and church planting. I don't get that. It doesn't make any sense. Let's plant a church. No, let's just simulcast a different (laughs) group. It doesn't make any sense to me. She says, this whole mega church topic hits kind of close to home right now. And I'd really love to hear you guys do an episode somewhat relating to it. Yeah, we need to. Love you both. Can't wait to see you sometime soon. It's time. Peace and joy, McKenzie. It's time to do that. That'd be a really good episode. It would be a good episode. So, and just so, just kind of a teaser for uh, for that whole thing. The I think that she hits the nail on the head here. Right. There is a, and I think I might have mentioned this on the show before. There's a book that. Um, that I've been reading about that I really want to get it and read. I heard a, a, a podcast by the, by the author and it was called um, the relentless pursuit of rest. And so the, the whole point it's about pastoring and about young pastors. And the whole point of it is that the culture around pastoring is wrong and bringing up pastors is wrong because what they teach in most of these Bible schools and seminaries and whatever is like a stairway to superstardom. Yeah. Right? I mean, every all these students have in mind, I'm going to be the next Francis Chan. I'm going to be the next, um, y- y- you know. Yeah. I wanted to say Mark Driscoll, but no one wants to be him. Uh, <laughs> ouch, ouch. But anyway, everyone yeah. has this target in mind right. where I'm going to be the pastor of a mega church and I'm going to be on the radio and on TV and everyone's going to use me in their small groups. Right. And, um, and they're going to simulcast me in to a million campuses. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the problem is very few percent of those guys will even end up there. Right. But that's what they're all shooting for. And so what happens is they end up saying, okay, well I'll take this job at church a, but it's a st- it's, a, it's stepping a stepping stone stepping stone for something bigger to something bigger until i can get a bigger church exactly and that you know that mindset oh my gosh okay i'm going to save my comments <laughs> because we do need to do it in a whole because i you know i've been in that 
Mm-hmm. I I lived that. So you want to do that next week? Yeah. Let's Thanks, Mackenzie. <laughs> Great topic, Mackenzie. We'll do it next week. To be to be continued. And I'll shoot you a text saying jump ahead a little bit and listen to this one. <laughs> so, anyways, awesome point. All right. So I'm pretty tired, dude. Are you, I am are you about ready to get out? Man, I'm so out of it. I don't know. <laughs> okay, what let's see if my volume level's right on my Galactica theme. Hey, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's it not does. bad. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and to proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com. Subscribe to the newsletter and stay up to date with all our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema and the Secret Fire Podcast. Yay! I love that podcast, by the way. Have you listened to it? I've been listening to it. Yeah. Are you reading The Lord of the Rings with them? Yes. Really? Well, I mean, okay, so I'm not physically reading it. Oh, you're I'm just listening going to through it going with through them. With it. That's what I've been doing. I love it. And so, I mean, I just love it. If you guys are interested in The Lord of the Rings, you should. Uh, they're on chapter five right now, and there's tons of chapters. Oh, so yeah. just skim through chap- the first five chapters, catch up with them. They want you to read a chapter a week and then listen to the show and let them walk you through what's going on. Analyze it. And there's some Christian elements that they pull in. Yes, so. so good. Okay. Okay, continue. Visit our website at theonotpodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience. There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Theonauts. And throw us a buck or two on patreon.com slash Theonauts. Don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here, brother. Thank you, David. It's good to be back. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission Transmission. At GCTNetwork.com. You guys, sometimes you're bad. Don't be jerks.